0: Twice a year, um, and just to think about why do we do these? Uh, it is it is because we're called together. We're, we're, we are. It is, we have to acknowledge that we're called together for specific people in a specific place. For a specific time, God has an intent and a design in it. And so there's, there's a specific kind of goal. There's a specific purpose. And so I was just kind of thinking about the analogy of, of a destination. You know, when we take a trip together, we were taking a road trip or an expedition or a journey, being that our mission statement is that we commit to a journey of transformation together toward Jesus for the glory of God. You know, you don't set out on a journey without knowing your destination, without deciding your route. Or without deciding how you're going to get there, right? And so, you know, the, the, there's obviously some, some, some uh, kind of universal calls on the church, but then there's also the reason that God has given us to be the bridge. And so we want to pursue that and understand the common mission, the vision, the common heart. But then also, we also, you know, you gotta think about like, how are you gonna get there? If you're taking a trip, you could drive, you could fly, you could take a boat, that matters. And if we're going together, you know, this isn't the amazing race, this is a, a common journey. Um, and then also there's a route, we could take the scenic route, the direct route, wherever else. And so that's that's why we do this, is because we truly do believe we're the priesthood of believers, we're a family formed by faith, called together for the same purpose to be in unity in Christ. And so that's why we do these. Um, so it, as we've been kind of looking at this week, you know, the, this week it's been a it's been a hard week with all that's been going on and kind of the occurrences of Wednesday and DC and just man just. So, so much difficulty with this week, and and that deserves a lot of attention and prayer, and we're going to get there uh, today, but because, again, because we want to know the why and the what and the how that God has shaped and led us to respond together, we want to, we, we want to, once again, kind of lay and reinforce this foundation, so with all that being said, before we go any further, I would love to pray, and um, and we'll come into this time, so y'all pray with me. Um, Lord, I just want to just humbly Surrender and submit to you, God, Um, Lord. When when I think about what it is to to follow you, to live in a way that honors you, Lord, to do it not just for myself but as a people, God, and then to to kind of navigate the realities of this world and the difficulties, and Lord, I, I just so often come to the end of myself. Um, We we so often find the the limits of our wisdom and understanding and the, the, the waning of our strength in God, so we just want to confess confess that now, um, kind of proclaim our need for you and proclaim your goodness and grace, God. And so right now I just pray for each one of us here, like however we come to this space, God, whether uh, again as Christ followers or not, whether we're kind of full and thriving or we're emptying and and empty and uh, kind of dragging, God, we recognize that uh, you meet us right where we are. Your grace is always needed no matter what and is always sufficient. And so Lord, I pray right now that we would see Lord, that, uh, and I would know that this is not my message, but yours, Lord, uh, even though you've given us to one another, this is not our church, it is yours, and so, Lord, we just desire for, Lord, your will to be done, Lord, your heart to shape ours, your truth to transform us, the Holy Spirit to empower us, God, and to unify us for your glory. Uh, so Lord, we just thank you for this opportunity to come together, quicken our spirits right now, stir us up, let us not stay, let us not grow dull or just to desensitize, but to Lord be sensitive and kind of feeling and compassionate and merciful all in the heart and name of Jesus. So we pray all this in his name. Amen. Amen. Um, so to kind of, to jump in um you know, kind of thinking about this Vision Sunday. Uh, some will have heard this before. We did a sermon kind of on uh, the, these next these three things, that, what we could call the three greats that, that we tend to kind of center ourselves around. We did a sermon back in September 2019, our Vision Sunday. Then, if you kind of want to go, they get expanded on more. But, um, Everything we are and do comes out of what we could call the three greats, the great commandments in Matthew 22, the great commission in Matthew 28, and then the great collaboration from Jesus's prayer in John 17. And to quickly kind of try to unpack those in broad strokes again, because we've we've given these a lot more treatment treatment previously, um, you can go, I think Karen just shared a link and listen to the sermon from September, 2019, but the great commandments, right. It's from Matthew 22. Jesus is being questioned. He's asked, what is the greatest commandment? And he he basically says, love God and love your neighbor. He says, love God, love people as you love God, just as you love God, love the people around you, just as you have been loved by God, love the people around you. So again, it's all about no, being known by God and knowing him and then making him known, right? So that's the great commandments. Love God, love people, right? Make him known. And that leads to the next great, it's the great commission, is Jesus' parting words in Matthew 28. And again, to kind of summarize that, what Jesus says is because your confidence is in him, we can live as his disciples, as disciples of Jesus, that means, which means we love like him, We teach his truth, his life, his word, and we pursue the very mission that he came to the earth to accomplish. And so it was like, yes, you are, you are saved by me, but also you have purpose in me. So the great commandments, the great commission, love God, love people, share Jesus. And then we have the great collaboration from John 17. And this is, this is Jesus's prayer for not only the disciples that were with him in the upper room, right before his crucifixion, but for, he says for all those that are to come after you. So he's praying this prayer for us. And he basically says that our unity with God in Christ and one another is one of our greatest opportunities to give witness to the realities of Jesus in this life. So he's praying for us. And in that prayer, he states that. So our faith in Christ, we have to understand this, our faith in Christ is 100% personal, but it is never individualistic. Um, We see in scripture, the church is always plural it's always a people. Again, I love today that we have, you know, we have the, we have the Hofferts and we have the Naps and we have the Chans. Like, this is all one church. We we have we have uh, this is all the church under Christ. And what we know is that when we pursue Christ together, what we see here in Jesus's prayer is that the result and the promise is a unity that is so great. Don't miss this. That it convinces the world that we are from Jesus and that he indeed was sent by God to redeem the world. And man, you think about how how much the witness of the church is under question these days. And sometimes, unfortunately, a lot of times rightfully so. And so if we really wanna think about like God's intent to, to reveal himself to the world through the church, this unity that Jesus promises and calls us to is really important. And so it's out of these convictions that God has led us to existing and pursuing to exist as house churches. So to get in a little bit of vision, you know, because you think about it, right? For these, for these greats to be expressed, for us to embody the great commandments, for us to pursue the great commission and for us to exist with this great collaboration of unity in Christ, it takes every Christ Christ follower um, discovering, growing, and using their gifts, not just a few. <clears throat> It takes a way of life that that cultivates and necessitates deep love and ownership uh, for one another. Um, It takes the rhythms and spaces of our lives to allow us to live out our faith in the context of the communities we live in. And so this is what gathering as house churches sets us up to pursue. Let's be really clear, like gathering in house churches is not a mandate from God. Like that's not a command. But yet what we have felt like we've been led to, what we see in scripture is that there are ways of life that we feel like are more conducive in these uh, smaller communities. And so understand it's not automatic. Just because we say we're going to exist as house churches doesn't mean that we're going to embody this. Um, it It's still... It's still um, takes a a work of the Holy spirit as well as our pursuit. But we do believe that this posture of gathered life is more conducive to an environment of deep love and fellowship in Christ and presence in the world that we love and are called to. Uh, So make no mistake too, this isn't just about us creating something that we love, something that's good for us. This unity and peace is not just for, for, our little community—that um, is, this is part of again that evangelistic call of the Great Commission. Because as we live this way, what we have the opportunity to do is to usher each other into deep relationship, to the pre, into deep uh, experience of the presence of God, and it is out of a deep love for God. the shared life in christ the the life that has tasted and seen and that tastes and sees that will be invigorated this is the way in which our hearts are stirred up this is the way in which we will be kind of renewed in in compassion over and over again and this will lead our efforts uh, to love and reach our communities so moving forward we're to love god Uh, trying to keep this moving love people be intentional to lead others to jesus and in, in the unity that we experience is meant to be a witness to the world. And so hear this, you know, u- unity is immensely important. Uh, but uh, unity is not the point. It is not what we're called to. Where Jesus is the point, just like everything else. You know, if you want, we're told to be holy as Christ is holy. If you want to be holy, you don't pursue holiness. You pursue Jesus. It's, be compassionate. If you want to be compassionate, you don't try to be compassionate. You try to you pursue to know and be like Jesus. If you want contentment, don't pursue contentment. That's the worst thing you could do. Pursue Jesus, right? And so we see this over and over, over and over and over again. So what we know is. that unity is a result of life together in Jesus. That is the whole point to everything. And so we talk a lot about the way we should live and the way we should reach our communities. And it's not complicated, right? We already see this, right? Love Jesus, love God, love people, you know, live intentionally, do it together. Um, Acts 2.42 is a verse we call to quite often for this simple way of life. It's kind of the, the express life of the body of Christ. It says in Acts 2.42 calls us to be devoted to the apostles' teaching to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And when we hear this, there's two possible mistakes that are often made. And one is to think that this is just an individual thing. And as long as you're faithful to it, as long as you're sincere and you're pursuing devotion, then you're good. Or the other is to think that it's just corporate. It's It's just expressed kind of in the organized gatherings of the church. And, but what I want us to look at the next few verses that follow Acts 2.42. We'll, we'll pick up in 42 and read through 47. It says this, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And then it says, And so again, it's not just about their life together, because then we see it says, and the Lord added to their numbers day by day those who were being saved. And so, if this is attractive to you, if this is what you desire, if this is what Christianity seems like it should be, uh, this is a something I feel like the Lord has pressed over and over again: is that it takes the devotedness to these things being both personal and communal. Right, we are not just committed by association, and we're not just committed if we do. But it is something that we are meant to share together. You really can't be devoted to these things by yourself. They necessitate connectedness, inter kind of interdependency um, of the body of Christ. So it must be both personal and communal. But again, don't miss the point <laughs> that Jesus is uh, the point. And and I was thinking about this, you know, when we understand and embrace not just what we were saved from, but what we were saved to. Our life of faith in Jesus is not effort, it is overflow, and that's really what we're talking about, like why this matters so much of this life together, and and how it is such a gift, and how it has potential to be actually pretty simple, because I know that it feels complicated. I know that it feels unrealistic because of kind of life that pulls against us, but when when we, when we each are abiding in Christ and pursuing Him, but then also when we are entering into spaces with others and bringing ourselves just as we are and sharing this journey of faith with Jesus, then actually like that's the opportunity. And so it is the life that is tasted and seen that cannot deny what God has done in us that must share with others. And as we experience the beauty of the body of Christ, we cannot deny those He has given to us as the body of Christ to both be loved by. As well as to love. And we can never separate those two. We can't just say, how is this church loving me? But it's always, yes, that matters. But it's also, how am I loving those around me? How am I responsible for those around me, for the spiritual well-being of the people that God has called me alongside So over the next six weeks, we want to invite each other into leaning in praying and practicing this way of life. So next week, our house church leaders will introduce you to a journey of the next season together. So just a little teaser, but again, it's just a chance to taste and see that's our, that's our hope. I can just experience Jesus together and extend his love and truth to the world. Um, but to be really clear, it's not about a model. Um, Coming back to our journey analogy, we talked about a destination, we talked about a route. The the model is the vehicle. That's really, I mean, that's all it is. And so, you know, we have these three greats as kind of like the, the the guard of our destination. And we have specific ways in which God has shaped us and called us to be kind of to see gospel saturation through transformational community um, in our in our city. Um, but but yet th- this model is just a vehicle. And, and again, what it's about is walking with Jesus and inviting others to do the same. And so coming into this week and kind of trying to again not just make this about a method but remembering like why we exist for the glory of God for the per- for the sake of His name in this world for, the, for for the redeeming and healing of the world through Jesus um, our world is hurting. Uh, many of you, many of us many I mean we're hurting. Uh, this week has once again exposed the reality of anger, hurt and division, and confusion that exists. And I know that many of us have strong feelings about how things should be handled socially and politically and that many of us would fall in different areas of the spectrum of what would be called conservative or liberal. Um, But this is not a time that the church should silo or entrench into camps. Uh, That's what man's church does, but not the church that is under the headship of Jesus. so, so whether it's political differences or the need for racial reconciliation or, or just, just, justness when it comes to equality, that is the need in front of you and me, we know that we only have one hope. Um, there is no political system. I mean, go back to, oh, uh, um, there was a sermon recently we talked about, that. I think it was back in October, um, but just there is no political leader that will lead us uh, to to grace besides Jesus. There's no system that that will deliver redemption besides the kingdom of God and his rule and reign. And so our hope is Jesus. And we think about this unity that Jesus prayed us into and for us in John 17, this quality of unity that is meant to be indicative of Christ's church is one that is not relegated to earthly commonality. Again that's why this unity is so great is because it's in the face of our humanity. Our humanity necessitates commonality on the surface. We have to agree, we have to look alike. But because of Jesus and the gospel, we can actually have unity through all of these differences because we center and we root in Jesus. And we have to see that Jesus stands between us. He mediates our relationship, and this is where unity comes from. He reminds us that we're all sinners, that we're all broken, and that we are all capable of heinous things without his intervening and restoring and renewing and transforming of our wills. He also reminds us that we are all acceptable, not just acceptable, but lovable, not just lovable, but worthy, not because of our merit, but because of what Jesus himself has done. So if we want to embody a unity that is a compelling witness of the love of God in Christ, this is the moment of our opportunity. This is not the time that the church should, should be hidden or should be looking like everyone else or silent. It's the time for the church to show that it's different because of Jesus. And so if we want, uh, and so if we want to embody this uh, unity, this is our opportunity. It starts with you and me laying down our lives for the other humbly entering into an honest life with one another and committing to usher others into the presence of God, ushering others to the throne of grace through biblical truth and gospel fellowship and love. But here's the kicker. It's not just that we commit to do it for others. It's also that we commit to allow others to do the same for us. And, you know, I know that each are difficult and some are more difficult for for one or the other, but they're both equally important. So we are, we the church, and this is just kind of a moment for now, we the church are called to stand in the gap. And of course, first and foremost, it's the gap of sin and death that exists in the whole world, that nothing else matters, if this is not overcome, and that we would invite others to salvation and reconciliation to God through Jesus. But it's also the gaps that divide the world and that divide us. We're meant to be the ones that transcend the politics of this world and make tangible the life under God's good rule and reign his, in his kingdom. We're the ones that are to boldly and humbly call out injustice and embody God's creation ethic and mandate and that all are created in God's image and equally charged, capable, and called to bear his image in this world as one. And we're meant to consider what is our voice bringing to the table, right? Or even are we at the table? Or maybe even, are we inviting others to our table as equals? Are we present in the places of need? And then are we living and speaking in a way that catalyzes love, peace, justice, compassion, and equality? Not just, not just the, 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 the common fare of the world that offers those things, but that that is a reality that only comes from Jesus. So, Again, that sounds inspiring, and and we should pursue that. But now imagine doing that not just as a people that worship at the same church and attend a couple of functions a week together, but rather as a people that deeply know and love one another and are unified in the love and truth of Jesus and are transformed and being transformed together so that when when we hold out an invitation to reconciliation, we actually are already giving testimony to it with our way of life. Or when we hold out and we say, like, hey, we can disagree but still, still enter into a fruitful life together. Guess what? We are modeling it because we are bringing each other to Jesus. I mean, that's why, that's why one of our, our core values is to submit to full biblical authority. We're talking about the, the testimony given by God in his word through Jesus. And so if we can say, hey, that's all that matters. Whatever Jesus says, we want. Whatever Jesus did, we will follow. Whatever he says is good, we say good. And so we can model that. That's why this matters. And so this is our opportunity. And that is why, uh, and that's what we're called uh, to be and do. Um, So let us not forget that we are better together uh, by God's design to both experience and express the realities of life with Jesus. And so coming into the rest of our time today, we wanna pray through four postures of life together that have already been mentioned. And that's to love God, love people, share Jesus, and do it together. And we're going to start this time all together. And then for love people and share Jesus, we're going to break into a kind of breakout rooms of six to eight adults. Don't worry, there'll be a host that are, is already prepared and assigned to your breakout room to kind of lead you through that time, and you can participate. Um, And then also, and then we'll come back together for the last section of of Do It Together. Um, So again, if you're able to, please unmute your uh, cameras. It's helpful to see each other in this time, again, because we are a people together. But Blaine is going to lead us into this time by first starting us with a time of communion. So if you don't already have, then this is a great time to make sure you have your, your elements, your bread and your drink. All right. Thank you, guys.